Welcome to Mini Magic, the kids' podcast where we talk about magic, witches, spells, and whatever else you want. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Mini Magic. This is Andy, and I'm alone today. I am recording this episode a little bit after bedtime, and if you're listening, you probably already know that it's a little bit late. I had planned to have this up on Wednesday, but sometimes life gets in the way. So I am posting this on Friday, March 19th, and tomorrow is Ostara. The spring equinox that we talked so much about last week. We talked about the origin and the myths and legends associated with the spring equinox. And today we're going to talk about some of the different things you can do to celebrate, whether that's building an altar or doing an egg hunt, doing some natural dyes on eggs or things that have nothing to do with eggs whatsoever. We will be going into it all. And then I am so excited because for the first time in a few weeks, we have some listener questions. You guys have probably heard me say before that the questions are my personal favorite part of the podcast. I love all of it, but really hearing from you and being able to answer the questions that you have about magic is the most fulfilling thing for me. So I'm so excited to be back with Q&A today, and we'll get to that after we talk about Ostara. I want to begin by talking about some of the correspondences for the day. We've talked about correspondences before. They are things that are generally associated or connected with a holiday or a god or goddess or a ritual. So there are certain correspondences for Ostara, like colors and herbs and crystals and animals. And it's important to know what those things are so that you can bring them into your altar and your crafting and whatever else you want to do on that day. We'll start with color correspondence. Remember, you can always go back to the color magic episode. I believe it was the first real episode. It's episode two, where we talk about the magical meanings of all of these colors and maybe why they're associated with certain things. But with Ostara, we tend to think of pastels. If you're familiar with Easter colors, it is similar springtime baby colors, baby pink and yellow, pastel green, really light lavender purple, these kind of springtime floral light and happy colors. And you can use these colors all sorts of different ways. Sometimes the easiest way is with candles or with artwork. If you're going to do a drawing for your altar, you could use those colors. And of course, you could also wear them. 
I like to keep a pentagram on my altar, which is a five-pointed star. The five points are associated with the five elements, earth, water, air, fire, and spirit. For Ostara, it can be fun to make your own, either out of sticks or other natural things that you find. You can even make a wreath out of sticks, and then you can use a ribbon, like a pink or a different color pastel ribbon, to form the star within the wreath. Now let's talk crystal correspondences. There are two crystals that I picked out um, from a list of crystals that are associated with Ostara. These are the ones that make the most sense to me, and those two are amethyst and carnelian. Amethyst is a stone associated with balance. I think this is perfect for the equinox when we have a balance of light and dark, and also with cleansing and new beginnings, which is perfect for spring. Carnelian is associated with heating up and quickening if you want something to move a little faster, and also with fertility. And what these stones have in common is a healing energy. And this really matches the springtime, right? Because things are coming back to life. We are tending to the land and these gardens that have been cold. Maybe we haven't been able to spend as much time outside because of the weather. And we're now coming back into this earth and pouring our time and energy and love into it. So I personally think of all of springtime as very healing after a hard winter. So both of these stones being healing stones, it makes a lot of sense to me that they are associated with Ostara. Some herbs and plants associated with Ostara that you can choose to cook with or have on your altar or use in different ways are lavender, lemon, and dandelion. And then we touched on this last time, but there are also lots of animals that are associated with Ostara. This makes sense because we are in the springtime, in the fertile season, when all of these animals are having babies. So we talked about the rabbit and the hare, eggs, chickens, ducklings, baby birds, baby sheep or deer, All of these animals that are being born and learning how to walk, all of these tiny cute things, this is really their time. One thing we like to do is we have a lot of toys, right? So we have a lot of little baby animal toys and we take those all out and make almost like a little parade with them on the altar for Ostara. This can also be a really beautiful time of year to bring your altar outdoors. Of course, you can always have an altar either inside or outside or both, but with the weather getting better, this can be a really great time to build an outside worship space. I know that we will be including a lot of living plants and picked flowers on our altar, Everything we can do to bring in this new feeling of spring and renewal and new beginnings. Now, what can we actually do to celebrate Ostara? Some of these activities might remind you of Easter. We talked about the crossover between those days last week. So if some of these activities sound familiar to you... 
One very popular Ostara activity is to dye eggs. This can be done a few different ways. You can go to a store and they are generally selling Easter egg dyeing kits at this time of year, or you can use natural and found materials. There might be things in your house already that you could use as dye and you don't even know it. So let's explore what some of those are. One of the most common ones that people already have around is the skin of yellow onions. This creates an orangey color similar to the color of the skins. And if you want to make it more yellow or brighter, you can add the spice saffron. You can use blackberries and blueberries crushed up to create a dark blue color. And black coffee makes a brown dye. If you're looking for more of a pink or red color, you can achieve that with beets. I can't get too far into it today, but there are some great tutorials online that can teach you how to do this. It is super easy, but my one recommendation is not to go too quickly. The natural dyes generally need a longer time on the egg to create a deep color. So maybe put them in in the morning and take them out in the evening. And it's not just going to be a quick activity like with some of the store-bought dyes. After your eggs are dyed, you can hide them and have an egg hunt outdoors or indoors. If you're indoors, please make sure you find all of the eggs. You can also use wooden eggs or felt eggs. There are a bunch of different options if you don't actually want to use real eggs. Ostara is also a great day to move the seedlings that you might have planted on in bulk and started inside outside into their permanent homes in the ground. The weather is getting better now, the sun is out, it is spring, and it is time for your plants to start thriving outside. Of course, this depends on where you live, but here in Texas, it is getting much, much warmer, so we are going to be doing some work outside in the garden. It's also a great time to take a walk around your neighborhood and see what has started to bloom. Different plants bloom at different times throughout the spring. You can see what are the first things that you're starting to see buds on, what plants have already come back to life, and which are still sleeping. Of course, an important part of any holiday is the food. On Ostara, we like to use eggs in our cooking. We are going to be making a quiche, which is kind of almost like an egg pie. So we'll be using some herbs from our garden and making a quiche. And we're also going to bake egg-shaped sugar cookies. This is fun because you can decorate them with all different colors of frosting, just like you would decorate dyed eggs, patterns and colors, whatever you want to do. I also wanted to share a small ritual that you can do on Ostara. Like we've discussed, this is the spring equinox, so it's a day of balance. It's also a day of new beginnings, so it's important to call in what you're bringing in in this new season. So just on a small piece of paper, I like to write down three things that I'm going to be calling in and manifesting in the spring, and three things that I'm going to be trying to let go of. 
I know for me this year, I'm calling in peace, good sleep and rest and connection and time with my friends and family. I want to leave behind the feeling of busyness, stress, and rushing through things. So I'll be writing those down, and then I will be burning them very, very safely around sundown on Ostara. Please remember, if you ever use candle magic or any type of fire, to have supervision from a grown-up. I hope this was able to give you some ideas for how to celebrate Ostara. And now I'm going to play our first listener question from Kayla. Are you born with your witching powers or do you pick them up along the way? Hi, Kayla. I am so glad that you asked this question because it's really important. I think that some people are under the impression that you are born with your witchy powers, and this is absolutely not the case. It is 100% something that you pick up along the way. Just because you are born into a family where people practice witchcraft, that does not automatically make you a witch. Just because you're born into a family where no one has any idea about witchcraft, you can still choose to be a witch. Witchcraft is just that. We call it a craft and a practice. It is always a choice, and it is always something that you can learn and grow in. Now, there are people that are under the impression that because there is witchcraft in their blood, that they are somehow better suited or more capable or more powerful than other people. And I'm not going to dance around it. This is just wrong. The most powerful witches are the people who choose to put the most into their practice, and that can be anyone. Next up is a question from Connor. Can boys be a witch too? Hi, Connor. I'm trying not to scream because that would probably be alarming to the people listening to this podcast. But yes, 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 boys can absolutely be witches too. Witch is a gender neutral term. Anyone can be a witch. It has nothing to do with being a girl or a woman. Boys can be witches. Some people choose to use other words like magician or sorcerer, but there's really no need for that at all. The word witch applies to everyone. It applies to girls and boys. It applies to people who don't identify as either of those things. It applies to any magical person. I highly recommend the graphic novel The Witch Boy by Molly Knox Ostertag. It is a series of books about a boy witch, and I have exciting news that they are adapting it into a Netflix movie, I think, right now. Not a show, but a movie. So that is going to be great for all of our boy witches out there to see some more representation 
And I'm also working on a book right now that includes boy witches. So I can't wait for you all to see that. And especially you, Connor, thank you so much for your question. We are coming to an end for today. Thank you all so much for being here with me today. I hope that you have a beautiful and blessed Ostara with your family, your friends, whoever you are celebrating with, and I hope that you all have the most magical time. I'm excited that next week will be our first ever interview episode. This is something that I've been thinking about and planning ever since I started the podcast. I know a lot about a lot of witchy things, but there are also a lot of things I am not an expert in, and there are people who are better suited to speak to you about it. So I'm going to be interviewing some very interesting witchy friends of mine, and I think you will like what they have to share with you. See you next time and keep witching. Mini Magic is produced by Moondust Press. You can find more books, worksheets, and resources online at moondustpress.com or on Instagram at moondustpress.com.